Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the virtual podcast. With me today is Rene Pinel, founder and CEO of Kaleidoscope. Welcome, Rene. Hi, Peter. Good to see you or hear you. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah, you for hear, having me. Hear, hear each other. Yeah, because I think it's about a year since we last saw each other in real life. Uh, that must have been during CanXR, if I remember correctly. Uh, and meanwhile, a lot has happened with the platform. You told me back then that you were working on a new business model um, and updates to the platform. What has changed in the meantime? And uh, Or could you uh, briefly introduce what the platform Kaleidoscope actually is for the listeners who do not know uh, or yet know the platform? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, my name is Rene Pinnell, and I'm the founder and designer of Kaleidoscope. Uh, we started back in 2014 uh, as a general arts organization dedicated to supporting creators who are wanting to adopt uh, virtual reality and augmented reality as their medium of expression. Uh, we saw this renaissance happening uh, in immersive art and entertainment, and we knew that there was going to be a lot of artists that wanted to migrate over to this new uh, medium and that they're going to need help. So we started Kaleidoscope just with that very broad mission. Uh, and the first step was to hold some festivals. We, we did a touring festival that showcased what we considered to be the, the best uh, VR experiences that were coming from cinema and art uh, back in 2015. And in that experience, we um, met with hundreds of artists all around uh, North America. Uh, and then we partnered with Wired Magazine and did a world tour in Europe and Asia uh, and met with hundreds of artists uh, uh, in those countries. And in the process, we realized the biggest challenge that artists face is funding. How on earth are they going to get funding for their work? And especially in VR and AR, because it's such an expensive medium. Um, and so that was pretty early on the, the refined focus of Kaleidoscope. We were going to support artists for sure, but we were going to focus that support on how do we help artists get money to produce work. Um, and the first, uh, wave of product development and uh, you know uh, energy that we put into that focus was around marketplace events where we would host uh, private events that uh, would showcase wor work and development to industry and investors and curators that we knew were in a position to materially support those projects, whether it's through investing or distributing uh, or showcasing at festivals. And that was pretty successful in 2016, uh, we helped artists raise uh, a little more than $3 million for projects, uh, and that number grew uh, uh, every year. But we also knew that that couldn't scale. Events are incredibly time-consuming. <laughs> they take so yeah. much energy, uh, and they are almost always a clusterfuck. You know, it, it's, uh, it, they're kind of things that are made by hand by nature. And so we knew we needed to build some technology that would uh, allow us to support more artists in a bigger way, um, and that meant building something. You know, we, we didn't want to invest our time and energy in building something before we knew what we wanted to build. Uh, but after doing a number of these events uh, uh, over the first couple of years of our, our company, we developed some real specific ideas around how we could help. So one is we knew that at a foundational level, networking was very valuable for helping artists raise money. Um, you know, figuring out who were the right people to pitch your project to and helping your work uh, receive the exposure to get inbound interest from industry. That was a you know sort of a foundational level 
uh, of support that we could provide. So the first version of Kaleidoscope was really just that, an online network that was curated, meaning that artists had to apply to join as well as industry so that we could make sure that the folks in our network uh, were doing substantive work in the industry. Uh, the next phase was to try to uh, move our events online. So events are, you know, they are very good at helping artists move their projects forward. Um, so we thought, well, how can we do more events? And moving online was the obvious choice. This was uh, 2018, 2019. Uh, we started holding events online and we did it for efficiency reasons at first. And then we did it for environmental reasons. Uh, we realized how you know detrimental travel is to the environment. Uh, and we looked at our own travel and realized we were traveling somewhere once a month at least all around the world. And that by engaging with physical events uh, and you know promoting uh, the attendance of them, uh, that we were really encouraging a lot of travel. Um, and that you know we didn't we started to feel uncomfortable with that as well. So we we still love physical events and we miss them now that we're in this pandemic, but we realized <laughs> that uh, you know long term, even before the pandemic hit, that uh, they needed to be special and kind of rare. And the most uh, time uh, spent at events should be virtual events, whether that's just through streaming video or events held in VR. So that was really 2019 was about implementing uh, online events and building that into our online platform. Uh, but that still was not getting at the real heart, which is how do we have a product that gets money directly into the hands of artists? Um, how, you know, how do we go beyond just being a sort of tool to help artists generate uh, leads to land deals? How do we actually get them cash in hand? And that's uh, when the pandemic hit we realized that we need to accelerate it. We need to accelerate our our efforts in that area because artists were so hard hit. Um, we did a survey in uh, uh, February and March of this year, and we found that uh, about seventy four percent of artists had lost the majority of their income. Uh, it didn't mean they were completely oh. you know out of income. It just meant that that the you know that you know three fourths of artists in our community. Uh, had lost over 50% of their income, which is devastating. Uh, 81% had yet to receive any assistance from governments, NGOs, or other organizations. Uh, so the that really woke us up, and we said, okay, this we need to drop everything else and accelerate our development of what would turn into kaleidoscope grants. So this is an idea that we've so, been kicking around for a long time and something that we talked about when we met last year and something that we've been publicly speaking about for about a year and a half uh, is different ideas for around how we can... Uh, take a community of people who believe in, passionately in the production of a particular type of art. How can we take that community and how can we most efficiently pool their resources to fund the best work that community has to offer? So is, it, is a new business model then partly a result of the pandemic? Uh, it is in that it accelerated our plans. Um, okay. We uh, Without the pandemic, Kaleidoscope grants probably would have been an end of 2020 feature. Uh, and it would have been something that we did a lot more like uh, testing around and dipped our toes into before jumping in with both feet. Uh, but the urgency of the moment demanded us to respond uh, with everything that we had. So we dropped everything else. We're a small company, so it's, you know, we have to be very, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we can't spread ourselves too thin. So when we do something, we have to commit. So we committed entirely to uh, building out Kaleidoscope grants as a product. Um, and we spent all of, uh, you know, half of January, all of February, March, April, and now May was when we, the first month that we ran Kaleidoscope grants. And now we're into June. It's the second month. 
uh, and uh, it might be uh, good to pause and tell you how the, the product works, but um, after running them the, the first month, uh, I'm really thrilled to report that uh, across the board, they've been really successful. Uh, they've Great. managed to pool the, f- the, the, the money that our community does have, both from people in the industry as well as artists and studios who are still doing well, uh, pool those resources and uh, grant uh, cash awards to really amazing projects uh, that need support. Um, and uh, at our current growth rate, uh, we expect to uh, certainly be giving tens of thousands of dollars to artist grants uh, in the next couple of months. And by the end of the year, uh, the uh, target is to be awarding around $100,000 in grants every month. Uh, so I'm, Amazing. I'm really thrilled uh, by the response and uh, hopeful uh, for, the, for the future. Wow. And was the, the inspiration for this business model, did you, did you had a sort of inspiration? Uh, have you seen uh, a system or a model like this in other businesses? Or? Uh, you, you know, like everything else, it's, you know, uh, nothing comes from nothing. This yeah, idea uh, pulls from so many different uh, ideas and so many different things. I mean, most notably and obviously, uh, crowdfunding. Uh, so maybe mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pause and tell you how Kaleidoscope grants work, what makes them special, and what they're similar to, uh, but also different from in important ways. Uh, so the basic idea behind Kaleidoscope grants is that we uh, have built a product that allows anyone in our community to create a grant that uh, supports a particular group of artists, uh, whether that's because they're uh, a particular type of artist, like female creators, uh, or whether or not they're producing work in a particular genre or medium, like documentary, or uh, artists that are working in like Tilt Brush, for instance. Uh, but the idea is to have grants that are on very specific uh, topics. And then you have uh, the community support those grants. So basically anyone that engages with a grant Uh, pays a monthly membership uh, fee to be a part of it. So if you're submitting a project, you have to be supporting the grant. If you're wanting to help vote on which projects are awarded that grant, you have to be a supporter of the grant. Uh, If you want to have your brand uh, associated with the uh, grant uh, as sort of something like sponsorship, of course, you have to financially contribute to the grant. Um, And if you're a large organization and you want to actually structure the terms of the grant, uh, then of course you have to be uh, financially backing the grant. Um, so the, 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 the real interesting thing about how Kaleidoscope Grants works is this idea of uh, kind of taking what Patreon does, where you have mm-hmm. uh, monthly subscribers to artists, but instead of having them back a particular artist, you have them back a topic saying, I really care about female XR creators. Um, and this would be our Femme Futures grant that I'm referring to. Uh, so I, I really care about supporting those artists. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to contribute $25 every month to this community-funded grant. And uh, you know any, any female artist can, female-identifying artist can submit uh, projects for consideration for the grant. And then as a community, all the people who are backing and supporting this grant vote throughout the month. And at the end of the month, the project that has the most upvotes is awarded that grant. Um, it's a very simple, transparent system. Uh, and the fact that we are pooling community funding and pairing that with community curation is something unique and that we haven't seen before. And I think it's mm-hmm. really yeah, powerful. That's true. And the, and the, because the, our industry is getting more and more mature, do you see it's, it's getting easier for artists to, to raise funding for their uh, projects or are we still in the very early days? Uh, well, I mean, everything is in turmoil. 
uh, and it sort of has been since the beginning of this industry. This is a new industry, and it's uh, you know in fits and starts, and it's been bumpy since the beginning. You'll have waves where cash will flow in, and then companies will pause and reassess whose funding work is always changing. Uh, so it's always been challenging, but now it's particularly challenging. Uh, even uh, you know through 2019. You know, which was not a great year for the VR industry, there was still growth. And especially towards the end of the year, it really felt like uh, we were getting out of that trough of disillusionment after the mm-hmm. sort of peak of the hype cycle in 2017 and 2018. Uh, you know, we were noticing all the numbers in our community going in the right direction. Uh, but then, of course, the pandemic hit, and a lot of the people who are funding and backing projects are pausing again and trying to reassess what they're doing, or they're going out of business. Vulcan Productions, which is one of the, the biggest supporters of projects that uh, were in the broad VR for good space, uh, they just announced last week that they are shutting their doors. Um, so uh, all of that made me realize that we cannot rely on the industry to fund art and artists. Uh, we only can rely on ourselves. So the folks mm-hmm. that are really passionate and committed about this uh, uh, artistic medium, we need to rely on one another. I have zero faith in any big companies uh, because the future is so uncertain. You just can't you can't rely on them, but you can rely on yourself. If you are committed to making work in VR and AR and you love it and you're going to do it regardless, uh, that's something that you can have as a foundation. And that's why we're starting with small grants. Production costs for yeah. VR and AR are tremendously high. The average budget on Kaleidoscope is $383,000. It's a big budget, you know, yeah. especially if you're coming from, uh, you know, like something like the performing arts where, you know, budgets are typically much, <laughs> yeah. much smaller than that. Um, but you have to start somewhere. And so most of our grants right now are between $1,000 and $10,000 grants, which is very small when you're used to, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands and in some cases millions of dollar budgets for VR and AR projects. But you can do good work for those small budgets. It just changes the type of work. Um, So we're really focusing on individual artists and small studios who are scrappy, who want to stay creative, who can do a lot with a little. Over time, these grants will get larger. Uh, But right now, we can still do a lot of good uh, and help a lot of artists produce meaningful work for relatively little money. Um, the average artist only has a, a monthly uh, cost of living expense of $2,000. Uh, that was another mm-hmm. question we asked in our surveys, like how much money do you need to get by each month? And the average was $2,000, which resonated with me, being an artist myself for a long time. One of the skills you develop is how to survive with little money, uh, which I think is fucked up. And it's one of the things that we're trying to fix at Kaleidoscope in the big picture. That's what we hope to do is allow artists to live comfortable middle-class lives like doctors and lawyers and anyone else that, uh, you know, gets by comfortably in our, you know, culture. Uh, but, um, but right now the situation is that most artists do get by with little already. Um, so targeting grants that can help them take two, three months to focus on producing something uh, and then sharing that with the community, that's something I'm really excited about and it's a place to start from and a place that we can grow. It will probably drive the quality of work within the community uh, if people have the opportunity to keep on working on new projects. I hope so. And I hope that the, the, the type of work will be more personal. What's one of the nice things about doing budgets that are small uh, is that you have less people to please besides yourself. And it gives you the freedom <laughs> to work on the stuff that you really want to work on. 
So those are the types of projects I hope our community will decide to support. And it's certainly the intention behind all of our grants is to support uh, those more personal projects, the ones that you're really passionate about, the ones that no one else will give you money for. Those are the types of projects that we want to see backed. Yeah, cool. So um, we're also talking um, because for the second year in a row, you are a CanXR partner. Um, why is this partnership so important to you and what can we expect from this year? Because yeah, this year will be different than last year, of course. So uh, CanXR is one of uh, a handful of close events, uh, events that we partner with. Um, we were really fortunate to work with uh, Ellie and his team uh, last year at CanXR, and we're really looking forward to working with them on launching CanXR Virtual. They were uh, one of the first folks that reached out to us when we did uh, an open call to the community saying that Kaleidoscope and the Museum of Other Realities were going to work with any of the uh, event organizers who had to close their physical edition of their, their festival. Um, and Ellie took us up on the offer, and uh, we are working with uh, his team to migrate the entire CanXR uh, event into virtual reality at this beautiful museum called the Museum of Other Realities, which is in virtual reality. Uh, mm-hmm. And it will be a, uh, I think, a faithful reproduction and expansion of what was at last year's Can. So we will have actual exhibition of projects in VR, which I think is critical. Um, so you'll see everything from 360 VR projects to uh, you know fully interactive Six Degrees of Freedom uh, projects exhibited in a thoughtful and respectful manner in VR. Uh, we will have the same sort of networking and social features baked into the event. Uh, the Museum of Other Realities has done a great job of making uh, you know social uh, hard hard baked into their their platform. So you can have the same kind of uh, you know either scheduled meetings or large group networking uh, events uh, or those sort of happy accidents where you you bump into somebody on the way to see a project and then strike up a conversation. All of that will happen uh, at our CanXR virtual event. Okay, so people um, really have to be in VR. Um, and what platforms does the, the more support? So uh, you don't have to be in VR, but that is definitely okay. the best way to experience it. In addition to hosting the event in VR, we will have virtual cameras uh, recording the entire event and, and streaming it, live streaming it to the internet. So if you just have you know, a laptop or a phone, you will be able to uh, watch the event through a window, essentially, where you'll be able to watch talks um, and get a sense of what's happening at the event uh, for sure. But you will not be able to engage in the same way uh, that you could if you were to attend in VR, in the same way that if you weren't attending the physical edition of Ken and just watching live streams, it would be yeah, sort true. of like attending it, but n- not the full deal. Um, in terms of the platforms that the Museum of Other Realities is available on, right now the ideal experience is on tethered headsets. So you know, Rift, okay. uh, Vive, Index being the, uh, the, the the major ones. Uh, there is a beta build of Quest that will be available for CanXR, and a full version of the Quest uh, for the Museum of Other Realities will be launched sometime in July. Um, so in the near future, future events will um, you know be accessible via the Quest uh, 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 very easily and you know with a, you know in a very technically robust way. Uh, for people mm-hmm. that are adventurous, we can make a, a beta version of the uh, Quest available to attendees, but it'll be a little rough around the edges. 
Okay, but it is absolutely something to look forward to, and I'm really, yeah, I'm really looking forward to catching up with some some people from the XR crowd that we always bump into on festivals, uh, and then in VR this time. Um, is there anything you would like to share with us in terms of things to look forward to with? Yeah, yeah, of what's on the roadmap for the next months. Uh, oh, so beyond can just like things that are happening yeah. in general. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think um, each month we're going to be launching a number of new grants. Uh, this month in June, we're going to launch a grant that supports black artists that are responding to the cultural moment we're experiencing in the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, we'll be launching several other grants, too, uh, that uh, are uh, focused on things like climate change uh, and uh, uh, social injustice. Uh, we really want to try to have the work on Kaleidoscope uh, be work that helps push our global culture in a more sustainable uh, direction. You know, we see the world sliding in some very dark directions, and we think it's uh, the job of every artist to uh, do their part to help shift culture. You know, artists have uh, this unique ability to shift culture. It's one of the most effective ways to change how we view the world and engage with each other. Um, and so, th- the job of an artist is. Uh, is more important now than I think uh, ever. Uh, so we, we really want to overtly you know, focus Kaleidoscope's community-funded uh, grants on things that will produce work that will hopefully uh, bend the uh, arc of history in a, in a uh, more utopic, uh, less fucked-up direction. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, I want to thank you, Rene, for this very interesting conversation as always. And I would, um, I'm looking forward to catching up again in real life. Me too. Take care. Thank you. Bye.